You're listening to PFM, Pure Fucking Magic. This podcast is intended to inspire you to carve your own path through listening to your inner guidance and liberating your unique brilliance. I'm your host, Amanda Lee, and I guide sensitive souls in breaking free of their conditioning so that they may find their rhythm and use it to embody their magic and ultimately shift their lives. Okay, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, beautiful people, and thank you for being here. Thank you for pushing play on this episode. Um, We're about to dive into it. I just wanted to pop on and give a super brief little introduction to the episode because it has been about six weeks now since the recording of the episode, and it feels like so much has changed for me. Um, This conversation really stuck with me for multiple multiple reasons. Um, Largely what Reagan and I discussed in this episode is her relationship with social media and the role it plays in her business and just getting more creative about marketing her business in ways that feel more exciting for her and fulfilling for her and aligned for her rather than just like doing it the way that she sees other people doing it or that she feels like the world is telling her to do it. So if you're someone who is in the process or has already begun um, starting your own business or like just sharing your work with the world in some way online, that aspect of this conversation might be super interesting for you. Um, <laughs> so that's something I'm frequently thinking about and I have actually decided, inspired by Reagan, to take my own social media fast. So I'm now about... I don't even know how far I am into it. I think I'm over halfway. Um, I decided to commit to a full like four weeks off and definitely like Reagan, this conversation, at the time of this conversation, doing that didn't feel necessary to me. However, um, in the weeks following, it became clear to me like, oh, I'm gonna have to leave Israel where I've been living. I'm gonna have to journey back to the US and just all these different pieces started moving in my life and I watched as my relationship with Instagram shifted from being this place to like show up and be creative and have fun to it being more of a place to go numb out when things were just getting to be too much and that's not at all the goal I want to have with that space and naturally I think it's really just like when you're using Instagram intentionally and then you have like more of your own just personal life stuff flare up it's such a slippery slope um to getting sucked into um you know the fact that the platform is literally designed to be addicting so yeah and it's it's interesting too because this whole Reagan and I met in um she's has also been a part of the trauma-informed practitioner training that I've been a part of for the last seven months now and this program has been so much about like learning how to hold trauma-informed spaces for other people but in the process of learning how to do that it's also included a huge chunk of time spent 
looking at our own trauma imprints and like learning how to move through them energetically and release the like the imprint that those traumas have kept on our body and like and it's just been so interesting to see how these imprintings relate to like very 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 core patterns that have followed you for forever um and yeah so I, I really loved that about this conversation too that Reagan and I like are kind of piecing apart our relationship with social media through this lens of understanding our own trauma and the ways that our relationship to social media can be like feeding into that or if we're more in our sovereignty and if we're more in a grounded clear space where this thing isn't going to be like pulling on us in a triggered way so much the fact that showing up to these spaces can be like literally like the quickest manifestation vehicle it can just like you can show up and like create whatever you want so it's amazing <laughs> but it can also be a slippery slope and um our own shit really gets plays a role in that so this conversation really stuck with me like i had mentioned and i'm really excited for you guys to get to hear it and i'm also excited to share more in the future about what i've just realized in my space that i've had away from instagram and where i've been able to be more internal um but first i'm going to go through my transition back to the united states from israel in the next couple of days so i'm gonna let that happen first and for now enjoy the episode and feel free to reach out if anything interesting comes up for you i am really excited because today i have my friend reagan simpson here um, Reagan and I met for the first time in February. We are both a part of the same trauma-informed practitioner training and we began our program with an in-person retreat in Austin and so we both got to be there live in person and yeah get to know each other. So a little bit about Reagan. She is a trauma-informed coach and she's been working in that space for about the past year and her work mostly revolves around helping women connect back to their bodies so that they can build a greater capacity to experience peace and trust in their lives. Um, so I have many questions that I want to ask you, Reagan. The initial thing that really um, compelled me to ask you to be on the podcast was your recent journey with like taking a big social media fast and then ultimately deciding I actually really like how this feels. I'm going to delete all my social media, which I'm super interested to hear about. But first, I'd love to begin by just hearing a little bit more about you and your journey to becoming a trauma-informed coach and the woman you are today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So I always, this question, I'm always like, which angle am I going to take it from? Because it can be such a... Um, a long answer, but what really got me into this work, so I didn't really have uh, much of a career before this. Instead, I was really into um, mountain sports. So I was a hiker, I was a runner, like that's all I cared about. I just wanted to get out into the mountains. I moved to Colorado as soon as I could, and that's what I was pursuing. Um, I was doing, you know, odd jobs here and there, and just basically trying to fund my adventure life. <laughs> mm. Um, and then I got to a point where I was like, well, I got to do like something else. Like this isn't going to be sustainable for me forever. 
but actually simultaneously got injured and couldn't run or hike as much anymore. Uh-huh. That's um, so very I, serendipitous. Yeah, I was like, and I still can't. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I got, like, it's fine. I'm not gonna push myself as hard as I used to. My body's still like, no. <laughs> um, but I had kind of, and also at the same time, the whole, you know, um, 2020 happened, and I couldn't work retail and hospitality anymore. So I started looking for other options, and naturally, from my background in psychology and sports psychology specifically, I started, I just kind of floated into the coaching space. I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is pretty cool. Um, I wasn't in it very long until I realized that what was on the outside of it wasn't exactly like helpful for me or for a lot of other people. So I started digging deeper and that's what got me into the trauma-informed space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've really just been in there for, yeah, the past year. I started my first training about a year ago, so I'm still really new to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what had got me there. And I'm still I'm still very new, still figuring it out every day. And like we had talked about earlier, kind of in limbo and like reconsidering what the work is that I do and what I want to do moving forward. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like we're kind of on similar trajectories because I also up until 2020 happening was mostly working like retail and restaurant industry and I always knew I wanted to do something different I always wanted to be a teacher except for I had the story in my head that since I had dropped out of school I couldn't teach um, because I have a lot of my trauma is rooted in the school system Um, but Yeah, and so then I kind of also just like found the coaching space and was like, wait, I can do this. Like that, that's cool. I like that. And then as you dig deeper, it's like, oh, there's a lot of toxic shit going on here too. (laughs) Yeah. It is. And like you want to do the the deep transformation work with people that it's kind of packaged to be able to do, you realize like, well, it's not just this, you know, you know, like just NLP by itself, or it's not just like these meditation techniques by itself it's like there's a whole like you're working with a whole person here yeah. so yeah it's uh which like all you know these techniques are great and everything but it's just, I, I think on the outside it just looked a lot different than it really is when you really get in and you're like and you really want to do true transformational work it's like oh <laughs> yeah. this goes pretty yeah there's a yeah. lot of people selling like huge transformations and in order to actually like provide a huge transformation you have to like be capable yeah. of holding people in like their real shit which a lot of people are afraid of yeah yeah seriously i think you worded that perfectly (laughs) Hmm. so you you had already studied psychology but you were not at all considering like doing it as a career path or were you just not thinking about career paths at all in general (laughs) it was a little bit of that it was a little bit of both so what had happened was yeah i have a a bachelor's degree in psychology and it's a at my college at least it was only a 30 credit hour degree like you won't i mean you needed the 120 credit hours to graduate with a bachelor's degree but the psychology degree itself was only 30 credit hours so most people would do it for um like a second major i instead just did like 70 credit hours because i wanted to take all the psychology classes i just like i joke that i double majored in psychology um but when i was just two majors in it um, when I was younger, um, like 18, 19, I was like, yeah, I'm going to graduate really early and then I'm going to um, go get my PhD and like I'm going to have my PhD by the time I'm 25 and I want to be a researcher. I didn't want to get in the, I didn't want to be a professor and get into that area, but I wanted to be a researcher, which I think now I know those two go hand in hand for the most part. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but then as I got older and my well, older by that, I mean like my final year of college, which was a year later, I started to, and I was also a um, athlete. So I was on my school drawing team and there was a whole thing with that. I had two years of eligibility left and realized I didn't want to finish them because it was just, oh, it was such a toxic environment. It like every day I realized, I look back and realize more and more how toxic it was. And I had been enrolled in a master's program. Um, so I could use up my last two years of eligibility and kind of just all at once. I was like, I don't want any of this. I don't want any of this. I don't, and then I don't know what I want to do for a career. I don't care. I just need to get out of this situation. So I graduated, um, dropped out of grad school before I even started and, you know, quit. And I didn't really quit the team. I graduated. So I kind of had, like, was, speaking of limbo periods, it's like every summer I go through one, but <laughs> um, that was definitely a, a very big limbo period. Or is that now? Like. So it was quite a while ago at this point, like six or seven years ago. Um, and so, yeah, it's like all the career aspirations I had had just kind of fallen for me to just figure out what I wanted to do in the present moment. And then, yeah, from there, I never really considered going back into psychology. Because um, after I graduated, I was like, I just don't want to go back into the traditional school system. So it's been a really good uh, launching point for the work that we do now and the, the studies I have done. But yeah, after the first like two years, I was like, I'm not gonna go and do a, a full-blown career in this. Yeah. Do you think you could ever see yourself going back to like traditional schooling or like ultimately getting a PhD or do you feel like, nope, I'm done with that? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, unless they come out with, there are some somatic therapy master's programs now. Oh, I, I didn't know that, that's cool. Yeah, there's, there's a few, um, but no, I just, the, I'm not really a big fan of the traditional like school system anymore. I don't even know if I'd be allowed to go back to the traditional school system anymore. <laughs> but honestly, it's just, it's so sticky and it's, you know, it's expensive and it's a lot of work and you know, maybe I'm not opposed to it, but I kind of like just forging my own path at this point and getting creative. I feel like there's a lot more freedom. And that was another thing, like the, I remember looking at the salaries of like a social worker or a counselor, psychologist, and I was like, this salary costs more than my college, or is, I'm sorry, um, less than what my college education costs. So I don't really know if that's what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Like forging your own path, that's a lot of where this podcast was birthed for me. Um, I've really found that the more people open up to just doing things their own way, the way that they're really like truly called to do it, like that's where you tap into like your unique brand of magic and then you can just coast on that. I mean, I'm making it sound a bit more simple than it is because all of your fears and shadows will come up and try to convince you otherwise, but there's many ego deaths along the way but I've really found that time and time again like yeah so that's beautiful I love I love that you're walking that path and I love that you're sharing about it here <laughs> and, and there's nothing like I don't have anything against traditional school I know for like you know some people and maybe me in the future that is the path and I was on it for a while so I get it but yeah it's at this point I'm like oh it just doesn't it doesn't feel good in my body <laughs> yeah have you found that, well, I feel like I already know the answer to this based off of just what you just said, but have you found that when you let go of that vision that you had of like, this is my next five years planned out, and instead you just allowed yourself to like, be like, actually, I don't know. Have you like 
what was that journey like for you of like letting go of the plan and coming into like, okay, what feels good now? Yeah. You know what um, I mean? Really, yeah, it was really great and really messy. It was like beautiful and messy at the same time. But I think I definitely experienced that when I did graduate college with no plan. Like I had, I had no job lined up. I was not going to school anymore. And so I was like, well, I'm just kind of here, like figuring it out. I had also just turned 21. So I was partying all the time. And that seemed to be my priority. <laughs> a part of my life. Um, but when I look back at that, it's really cool because I realized had I like, you know, stuck with the path that I thought I wanted and that, you know, everyone around me had encouraged and thought was really great and looked really good on the outside. Like, it's like, yeah, it's a really good path. Like, that's awesome. You're going to get your master's degree paid for, like through, you know, your, mm. your sport and it's going to be free, like, you know, but which it's not free because it was two years of my life, but, <laughs> or it would have been two years of my life. But I look back and realize had I gone that way, instead of just like taking that initial step to be uncomfortable and not know what was going to happen. My life within the next two years took a really drastic turn. Um, that's when I moved out to Colorado and I got really into um, the adventures that I've been doing over the past few years. And I got a really cool job and a really cool experience. Um, and I often met my boyfriend, which like none of that would have happened yeah. if I would have stuck to what I, you know, what looked good and what I thought I should do. Yes, you found the magic. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and then all these more aligned things start coming to you. Yeah, exactly. Like, I didn't, you know, it wasn't like all like, oh yeah, it's just so great. Everything's so smooth and working out because it wasn't. And it never like when you do surrender to just, you know, doing what feels good to you in the moment and also uh, um, questioning the path you've been on and letting that change. It's really messy and really, I think it gets easier every time. That's my theory because you get more comfortable yeah. with it. But it's still scary and it's still, there's going to be that limbo of like, what is going on? I don't like not knowing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've definitely begun living a life where I pretty frequently am like, four months from now, I have no fucking idea. But like, your mind still creates an idea of what it wants to have happen. And when that doesn't actually end up happening, it's like, ah. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> I have a quick story about that. It just reminds me of like that. So like just letting things be and like doing what you want to do in the moment. And speaking of like not knowing what you're doing in a few months from now, that was okay. So a year ago, my boyfriend and I had finished up a year lease. We were like getting to the end of our a year lease on an apartment and it just wasn't a place we wanted to stay. The, um, the housing and like rent costs were rising in Colorado. And we were like, we just don't want to um, sign another lease and get locked in for a year. Like we want to you know travel and do fun things and, just, you know, change things up a bit, you know, he's still, so he has a full-time job. He works night, like a traditional nine to five and he he has for most of his adult life. But, um, he was so funny because I was like, we're going to find a house sitting job. Like, I don't know where or how, but we're going to do that. We're going to find a house sitting job. And he was like, okay. Uh -huh. uh, but he was looking for Airbnbs in his free time all the time, like trying to, cause he wanted to like find a place for us to live, like to have it, like be certain, like, oh, why like he needed to know where we were going to live in a couple yeah, months totally. from now. I was like, hey, it's okay. Like, you just like practice surrender and trust in here. Um, and if this falls through, like, you can blame it on me. It's totally fine. Um, and what had happened was actually we got, we had a couple places lined up. We had an Airbnb actually, and they canceled on us um, two weeks before we were supposed to get there. Um, we had two other house sitting opportunities that fell through. And so we ended up in my mom's basement for a couple of weeks. And when we were there, which if I'm at right now, it's funny. Um, but when we were there, we were here last year. I found a um, house sitting gig for like the next two months in one of our favorite towns in Colorado. 
And so I was like, hey, let's do that. And it worked out perfectly. I reached out to them. Um, it was perfect. Like we went up there the next week and it actually extended to three months. And then since we've, we're still there today, and this was a year ago, and we're going to be there for a whole nother year. Wow. So I ended up paying the two-year house sitting gig. Yeah. And so you haven't paid that. rent this whole time? What? No. And I remember from back when you did have Instagram, when you'd post stories, it was beautiful where you live. It's incredible there. It really what? is. What? That is so wild. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> Such a good reminder, too, that, like, oh, it always, if you let it work out, it does. Better than you could ever imagine because we wouldn't have known, like, who, we could have never comprehended that we would have found what we found now. That was not even on our radar. Yes, oh my God, that is the pure fucking magic. That's what I'm talking yes. about. I love that you brought that story. That's so epic. Maybe you'll end up staying there for free for, like, the next five years. Seriously, yeah, there's a cat that we're watching. She's old, she's 19, but she, like, she's got a lot of life left in her. So I'm like, I think as long as she sticks around. And, but of course, now I'm attached to a cat that's not mine. And yeah. It's definitely worth it. Wow. That is so cool. You just had to, like, you really had to trust. You had to, like, let go of the Airbnb and the security that that was going to bring you. And then whoosh, this beautiful gift comes in. Yeah way better <laughs> yeah oh my god i love that that's so cool mm. <laughs> okay i kind of want to go back to asking you more about your journey in the coaching space so i'm so you began you like found this thing exists and i'm assuming you realized oh i need to start posting on instagram yeah yeah <laughs> you want to talk a bit about that yeah that was an interesting start so i had seen the coaching industry like or i had like started to yeah so i was following people who did it i was listening to podcasts and what's funny was that i didn't even want to be a coach at that time i was like yeah maybe it's something i'll do someday but not now but i was listening to all the content and like looking at all this stuff on instagram and finally i was like oh maybe i Maybe it is easier than I think. Maybe I could just jump in and do it. Maybe I am qualified right now. I like yeah, my background is psychology, but I had no formal coach training. Um, so I just did what it seemed like everyone else was doing and created a new Instagram account to start talking about my potential coaching business. I had no intention of starting right then. I just wanted to start an Instagram account um, and like let it build and just kind of like, you know, post stuff and whatever. And I say this lightly with a grain of salt because I want to make it clear that I'm very aware of my personal responsibility and like my inability to say no. But what had <laughs> happened was as soon as I had started this account, it was just like a shark attack of like all the business coaches, like telling me that like I could just start now and like, why wouldn't I start now? And like, you know, the, the DMs like came flooding in and I don't oh. know if you've ever Yeah, there. a bit. I... I don't feel like, I don't know, my journey with Instagram sounds a little bit different than yours, um, but yes, I have experienced like the business coaches coming and being like, here's my free advice. And you're like, okay, unsolicited, thank you, goodbye. Yeah, and I like, I totally, so I totally, like, yeah, had that. And then there was this element of me, like, I was like, you know what? Like I was not in a good place financially at that time. And I was like, it was just, 
like it looks really good. Like it looks like you can easily just make like five, ten, I don't know, fifty thousand dollars a month, whatever the latest like number goal is that you're seeing all over Instagram. And so I was like, maybe I could do that. Um, and so I got, and I've heard from a lot of people that the best thing to do is just invest in, you know, business coaching and growing your business and do that first and then get into like the trainings and certifications and stuff. And so I was like, yeah, that sounds good because my survival brain was like, well, I just want to make money. That's just what I want to yeah, do. Yeah, you were in a bad part. place financially. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it wasn't, I said bad place. It was like, yeah, I did say that. It was not ideal. Um, I definitely was not struggling to put food on the table, but I wanted, it was the first time in my adult life that I was not making the income that like to, how do I work this? I was, my boyfriend was picking up this slack a lot more than I was. And I didn't like that. That made me feel like really um, insuperior and insecure. So I was like, well, I just got to figure this out um, and, and do this. But yeah, so I had got into business coach, right? hired a business coach and then pretty quickly it was like I don't even know how to coach like okay like it's really great that you can build a really successful business but you need to actually have something to sell like a service to sell that you know is actually valuable so when I got into um that kind of just started my journey into actually like learning mm. the you know coaching certifications and actually like studying and learning how to be a good coach so that was a yeah really interesting I feel like a pretty cliche start of like the 2020 coaching boom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. So yeah. then time goes on and you're like doing different training programs to actually learn the craft while simultaneously growing an Instagram. And what eventually led you to deciding I'm going to take some space away? Yeah. Yeah, so I had had my, I think it's been about two years, almost two years. I started my Instagram account in August of 2020. Um, I think after about the first, thinking, the first six months, I was like, I don't like how much time I'm spending on this. It does not feel very good. It feels like a lot of effort. I felt like I was putting in a lot of time and effort and not getting in return what I expected or like, you know, what. I thought was worth my time and effort. It just seemed like Instagram like wasn't, it's like promised to be this like really good platform for business. And I was starting to see that it really wasn't, at least not for me at the time. Um, so I was like, well, I'm gonna start taking like, you know, breaks from Instagram, but I didn't think, I thought that if I would get off of it or delete it, that would just be the end of like my business in general. Like mm -hmm. to me, Instagram and online business were, you know, the same Inseparable. thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But taking a break for a week and was like, wow, I actually feel really good. Like this mm -hmm. is awesome, but I can't, like I have to go back to it. Um, and then I took another week break about six to eight months ago. Or not six, six to eight months after that. And I was like, yeah, this is really good. But I still can't, you know, take all the time off of it that I want to. Um, I was like, I want to delete it someday, but I just really don't know how. And then um, a few months ago, it just kind of came out of nowhere. Like I didn't really even plan for my 30 day sabbatical except for about a week or two before I took it. It just kind of was, came to me and said, you need to just take this time off because it was also during the break that we had in Phoenix Path. Oh, so lines that up, lines up perfectly, yeah. Yeah, I was like, just take those 30 days off. Um, but yeah, my, whole, my decision leading up to that point had just been that it was, it took a lot of my time. Um, I took a lot of effort. I spent a lot of time trying to build my account and, and I did build it a little bit, but it wasn't, I think my expectations were probably just a little bit too high, um, but there was also a lot of other things I just didn't like about it. Like it felt like it, 
Oh, I always had a little bit of my conscience like tethered to it. It's literally designed to be addicting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, I can't, I can take the week off. I can take the 30 days off. That's really great. But when I come back, it's just going to go, it's going to be the same thing every time. Yeah. So were you actively getting clients from your Instagram before? So there's the sense of like, oh, my financial security is tied to it. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, I found that word of mouth was, and I wasn't actually, so in the past year, a year and a half, like I didn't ever really have a heavy client load. It was just like a, you know, a couple people at a time. Um, but yeah, Instagram definitely had connected me with a few of my clients. Um, so I did have that, that feeling. But I was like, you know, it's, if it's just a few, I think there's an illusion on Instagram that, you know, if you have however many followers you have, whether it's like 200, 2000, 200,000, whatever it is, there's only a very small percentage of that, of people who are actually like actively wanting to, um, like really engaging with your content and like really like showing up every day and like either searching your account or you're popping up the top of their algorithm, your algorithm, their algorithm, there we go. Um, and so I was like, I don't even need Instagram for that. There's so many other ways that I could reach people in a much deeper way yeah. with content that I think would actually resonate with them a lot more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I could create a place of like knowing that the content will is deeper. First of all, there's, you know, whether it's a podcast or a blog or whatever it is, you have much more space to talk about whatever it is you're going to talk about. You're not limited to 2000 characters or words or whatever it is. Um, and you also know it's going to be relevant for a while. So that was an, an aspect to me too, that really weighed me down a lot. It was like, whatever I post, it's going to be irrelevant in 24 hours, probably three hours. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, wow. I have, I'm really curious what your human design is because I'm, I've studied human design pretty deeply and a lot of how I have personally navigated my like marketing journey has been based off of my human design chart. And I have a couple clients who like, that's what they've come to me for is figuring out how to market their business based off of their human design. Do you happen to know yours? I do. So I am a one, three emotional manifesting generator. Okay. Interesting. So manifesting generator. So you're very, and the three, you're very much just like trial and error. Yeah. 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 Cool. I love that. So I'm a one, four and the four is all about the network. So for like, I, I've gone back and forth a lot. I'm like, do I even want to be on Instagram? Should I delete it? And as of right now, there are aspects of like when I'm approaching Instagram from a very conscious place it can be really healing for me like showing up and like allowing myself to be seen has really stretched my capacity that was something that was so hard for me in the beginning but now I'm like getting more comfortable with it and so when I use it that way I find it really helps me and it's kind of a way to like frequently like put out little things to my people like my network right because my one form like the one too, you have the one on top. So the one is all about like us studying and investigating. And then yeah. for me, it's like bringing those investigations to my network. Whereas for the three, it'd be more like bringing those investigations to your experiments. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, like, I love Instagram when I'm using it in a way of like just showing up and being like, hi, this is what's been on my mind lately. This is what I've been exploring. But even when I do that, I find that I can very easily get caught up into the like, like actually creating something that like is awesome and gets a lot of likes usually takes no effort because it just like comes through. 
But then the reaction that it gets of like, like I've had a couple random reels I've made and they're all, like I said, they're the ones that just come through effortlessly. They get the most attention, but actually mm-hmm. like how much attention they get is so much more exhausting than yeah. creating the thing. And then of those people who react to it, like how many of them are actually going to end up becoming a part of my network and my, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's an important thing too, is that it's like, it's not like Instagram's all bad. And I've not, I haven't gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, I just hate it and I just need to delete it because it doesn't, you know, serve any purpose. But there's a lot of goodness to it. Like there's a, a really, you know, big element of creativity. Making reels is so fun. Um, and being able to express yourself and like, you know, funnel things through. And sometimes it is fun to just like post little blurbs or, you know, snippets throughout your life to share with your people and, and everything. But yeah, what you said about how it can be really exhausting, I feel that. It's like when yeah. you post something and it actually does get a lot of attention, it's like, oh, I got a lot of comments to respond to now. Or like there's a lot like that. It's like the better it does, the more you have to um, show up for it after as well. At least that's what it feels like. And so it just seems like there's a lot of, it's a, it's a high energetic investment, that's for sure. Yeah, it is. And then you see some people like, okay, actually, one sec. I'm going to hold that thought and open the door because it's so hot in here, but the air conditioning okay. in this room is super loud. So one moment. Okay. <laughs> oh, I need the key. Do, do, do. Oh, okay. Thank you. It's like so hot in here, it's hard to think. Um, no, you're, I understand. <laughs> what, what did you literally just say about, oh, it's a the high energetic, energetic investment. investment. Yeah. 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 So when I very first, I, I don't feel like I really found coaching. I feel more like it found me. Like COVID began and I was having, I was literally spending like 15 hours a week on the phone with people having the same conversation over and over again. And I don't remember how, like, somehow, I think I did find coaching and then I was like, oh shit, like, I could monetize this. Like, I'm saying the exact same thing over and over again. I I should be paid for this. And I had just finished yoga teacher training and so I was very much, and I had just gone to, like, this long meditation retreat. Like, I was, like, in that, like, mentality, you know, like, that headspace. And... So I start, I start doing it and then of course realize like, I know nothing about business. I hate money. Um, <laughs> these are some problems if I want to like really do this. So I started unpacking those things and of course like find the online business coaching world where everyone's telling you like, you need to post every day. And yeah. I think like, Like, there was a part of me from the beginning that was like, okay, like, I think realistically, I could do that. Because what the people who it works for, I feel like, are doing, they're, like, showing up every day just, like, in all of the noise and just being like, hi, here's my brand, here's my message, here's what I stand for. And then people begin to associate their face with the message, with their offering. And over time, you, like, build up this sense of trust. And it's like... Mm -hmm. I always felt like I could do that and admittedly there have been like phases where I've like tried to do that but I just I'm so much more interested in like really giving someone something deep not something that I know like it's only gonna be relevant for three hours like you said or they're just gonna be like consuming 
Like even me, when I'm scrolling on Instagram, the number of times that I actually stop to like read a full caption, it's like so rarely. Yeah. But then when I'm creating content, I'm like, let me think about all of this. It's all so meaningful. And it's like, wait, but Amanda, no one's gonna, like the number of people that are really gonna read all of it, it's like not a lot of people. Yeah, and it's it's like when you look at it from your perspective, when you're when you're scrolling or whatever, it's like of course it's hard to stop and just read someone's caption because there's just so much. It's, yeah. And I think that's a part of it that makes it so uh, draining, at least for me. It's like when you're on it, you see someone's post, and then there's someone else's post, and then there's someone else's post, and there's like actually an infinite number of posts you could look through, and then there's a ton of stories. And then you have your messages and then you have your like the comments and there's the explore page and there's so much going on it's like that information overload mm -hmm. and so it can be really hard to have any content really stand out and i mean that doesn't that's not to say that it doesn't and people aren't gonna like see it and like deeply resonate with it because there are definitely at least a few people at, on every post i'd like to imagine that are just like oh this is like so good and exactly what i needed to hear today um, but I think like what and Instagram can be really great and like anyone listening to this who loves Instagram and it works like really well it's like yeah keep doing it that's awesome like if it's working and you feel really good and you feel like it's worth your time and energy yeah keep like that's awesome <laughs> but yeah. yeah for me it was me like not it started I started to see that yeah, it wasn't worth my time and energy because of that because I was doing the same thing you just said it's like when do I actually stop and read someone's post meanwhile mm -hmm. like if I I'm on other uh, methods of content consumption like podcasts or blogs or whatever it is like I'm actively seeking it out so I'm gonna mm, stop and yeah whereas Instagram I feel like no one's actually actively seeking it out it's just such a passive like pick up your phone and scroll kind of thing yeah that's part. a really good point that's a really good point I think so many people too use Instagram there's something so Ugh, I'm like it, it kind of works though for the people it works for like it really works because people are going yeah. there to numb and to distract and often disassociate yeah. and so yeah. they're like your face attached to your message attached to your offering is like how they're soothing themselves and then over time it's like maybe I should buy this thing that this person's selling <laughs> it's like hypnotic in a way yeah. It just gets into your subconscious, yeah. And I don't want that to sound like dark or anything, but that is kind of, it's like, and, and they say that, like, when it comes to marketing, you just have to, like, continue to show up and, like, keep saying it, keep saying it, keep keep talking about your offer, keep talking about what you're doing. And, yeah, I mean, you probably should because I, for the most part, if, if someone, like, says they're offering something, I don't go for it the first time because I'm like, oh, that's cool, and then just go about my business, and usually it takes a couple times before I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe I do want that. But, yeah, I think that it, I think what it comes down to is like being able to question what your values are and like what it is you're trying to get across when you're on Instagram and not just, especially for the coaching world uh, or online business world in general, is like not just like gobbling it all up. Like, well, you know, the business coaches or the, the online marketing gurus say, this is what I need to do. <laughs> and do I need to do it? Or it's like, actually, wait, do I like, why are they saying this? Where does it come from? Do I want to? Does it feel good? And that's where I think a lot of it for me is, was being starting to get really, not resentful, but kind of resentful, <laughs> um, but not, you know, it's kind of like waking up to like where all the these marketing tactics come from and like why they work and how manipulative they were and they are. And I realized that like a lot of the way I was showing up, I needed time to undo that. I needed time to undo what I had learned and how I was showing up and like my expectations. 
Um, because yeah, it wasn't like I couldn't just jump into like a healthy relationship with Instagram. Like I'm just gonna show up when I want to and say what I want to and not worry about like writing the perfect copy and getting, you know, like making people feel like they need to buy my offer like right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I happened to like undo all of that. I realized I, I just couldn't even be on Instagram anymore if I truly wanted to undo all of that. So you feel like that's kind of the process you're going through right now with like it's undoing that? Totally, yeah. Because I, I kind of, I started to work on it about a year ago. Um, basically, just like everything I had learned up until that point, especially around business and marketing. But I'm still on Instagram, and I realized there was still this energy. And, and another thing too, which kind of goes hand in hand with that, is like every time I would show up to post something, it really came from like a place of trying to prove myself or be good enough or do the right mm. thing or say the right thing. There's always like, oh, is this, you know, good enough to get people's attention? And I'm like, this isn't even why I'm coaching. This is not even why I'm coaching. And, and kind of a, a full circle moment here, I knew that if I, it was scary to delete it. It definitely was. Like, I was excited, but I was like, I did, you know, group Instagram and online business together hand in hand. And the idea of running an online business about Instagram, I was like, how is that possible? But it came down to that, that surrender and trust again to say, yeah. Like, really good for me so I'm gonna do it and I'm going to just see what happens and my biggest fear was like no one would ever find me or my work or be able to connect with me and what was really funny was that the day I deleted Instagram it was a month ago by the way Instagram gives you 30 days to change your mind if you want to go back and recover your account (laughs) that's very (laughs) interesting I know you miss your addiction well, yeah, when, so they make you say why you're deleting it, and then when you click the reason, it'll it'll give you a suggested a suggestion as to how you can keep the app and solve the reason. Oh my god, that is so gross. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was like that. Okay, this makes me want to delete it even more, but and try two more days to recover my account if I want to. Maybe it's this conversation will make you change your mind. Yeah, maybe I need to go back, but no. Um, it was funny, like right after I deleted it, you had, I, I had gotten on Slack and saw that you had messaged me and asked about doing a podcast together. Oh, and that's so it. funny. And I, yeah, I was like, well, that's funny. That's a really good sign that I'm definitely not missing out on opportunities to connect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I really have found that like the more you open up to like allowing yourself to do the thing that helps you feel good in your body within your window of tolerance, like that's where the more abundant things are going to literally be like magnetized to you exactly exactly spot on and it it can be hard to remember that until you do it and it's like oh yeah this actually feels really good and it is gonna work out and it's okay (laughs) yeah so do you feel like you might ever go back if you have this undoing completed yeah i've thought about it because i say like you know if i it's not forever if I delete Instagram. Like, yeah, my account might be gone, but it's not like it's not going to be there. Like, I can still build another account. You know, it, it'll it'll be there. Like, it's always an option. Um, maybe. I don't know. I So, I'm about two months in now of not being on Instagram. I did have, a, like, a week period where I got back on and then totally deleted it. But I feel like in this time, I've been able to get back my pre-social media consciousness. Is that a good way to put it? Like, I don't have my brain totally tugged by that like well should I post this on my story or should I you know check Instagram yeah you've gained some energy back exactly yeah it's like as much as I would put boundaries on it it would still just creep in there and be like oh you can just check it you can just check it because like you said it's like they designed it to be addicting 
Um, and so I've had that gone for the last two months, and that's the point where I haven't even really thought about it. Even last night, I was like, what am I going to talk about with like, my social media account? I feel like <laughs> I just got my pre-social media consciousness back. I feel like I shouldn't talk about that. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I feel like I have gotten back to that point, and now when I actually think back to how I felt when I was using it, like, oh, I just, I like this. I feel really good, and I also know that it's not the only platform. And in fact, it's not even a great platform for most people. I started, you know, diving into other business owners who are deciding to delete their Instagrams as well, um, or don't want to spend as much time on it anymore. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, it's actually like, even people who do have an Instagram and do really well, I feel like even then don't find the majority of their clients or customers or even online traffic through it. It seems to come through other platforms. At least oh, half of it Yeah, like SEO. SEO, I don't even know of that. What is that? Yeah, it's search engine optimization. So it's oh, just like okay. Google, basically. So if you're typing something in on Google and then, you know, your, your keywords pop up. So if someone's typing in, like, I don't know, nervous system coach or something, and, like, you have that in your... Um, your website bio. Website, yeah. Blog, yeah, it can pop up at the top, depending on, obviously, like, how, you know, relevant your keywords are. Um, and that also is how Pinterest works. So I really consider diving into Pinterest because I don't consider that social media because it doesn't operate on a um, addicting algorithm. It operates on SEO. Oh, that's interesting. Huh. Okay. Have you watched the documentary? Um, it came out in 2020, I think. I want to call it The Social Network, but that's the Facebook movie. The Social Dilemma. The Social Dilemma. Did you watch that? Yeah. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I keep thinking about that throughout this conversation because, uh, yeah, they like lay out how how it's literally all designed to be addicting. But I didn't know that. Um, I had never considered Pinterest. That's really interesting. I I think too, that brings up an interesting point of like all of the people who've actually purchased anything from me. I don't think any of them have actually found me through Instagram. We've built a relationship over Instagram because it's a place we both hang out multiple times a week, yeah. if not every day, if not multiple times a day. But our initial interactions have always been largely through my network. Um, I've met a couple of my clients through Facebook, just like posting in different groups, just having genuine conversations with people there. Yeah. I'm trying to think where else. Even and even the people who even the people who do come into my world, this is this is kind of why so I I often like go back not as much anymore, but in the beginning of my business I very much was like, do I even want to be on Instagram? Should I do I wanna delete this? And I think how much of an inner like dilemma I was having with that, like it was wasting so much energy that I wasn't just deciding something and then going with it, rolling with it. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, so I went back and forth on it so much and why now I've kind of ultimately decided, you know what, like I'm gonna go hang out there when it's fun and when it's not fun, yeah. I'm gonna take a step away from it. Um, the reasoning for that is largely the fact that I've realized that, I don't know if this is true for everyone or if it's a, like my energy thing, but it takes people a while to build enough trust up with you that they actually decide like, yeah, you know what you're talking about and I like you. Like, I want to go on a journey with you. And I have found that Instagram is a nice place to do that. Um, yeah. However, I'm a human being and I do get sucked into the addicting side of it.
Um, but I, I feel like I'm doing better these days of recognizing when that's happening and being like, okay, we are stepping away from this for a while. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that, it's like it both can exist at the same time. So you have to constantly be aware of that. Like, you know, you can be on it in a really healthy way, but, you know, you always have to, at least from my experience, I found that if I would let it slide, like my consciousness of the boundaries and like, you know, not wanting to show up when I didn't feel like it, it was a constant, like needed to be front of mind when I was on the app. But it mm-hmm. is a really good platform for sure for building that, you know, like and trust factor. It totally is because people can see into your life here and there and just some little snippets and then it's a very because of the nature of the app that stuff doesn't stay relevant yeah it's, you have to keep showing up and so there is that level of consistency for sure yeah oh the consistency yes yeah which can be good and bad it can be good when you have the energy to be consistent right <laughs> but sometimes when you, you don't have the energy like that's where it got really soul sucking for me it was like Oh, I just like have to show up, but I don't want to. But I think it's a lie we've been told that you have to. I think that when you feel really good, it can show up. That's great. And when you don't want to or don't have the energy to, it's you're not gonna. It's gonna be okay. You can get off of it for a week or two, or not show up very much, and it's gonna be okay. When you come back, mm-hmm. people are still here. You'll have more to <laughs> say too. I I actually to. don't feel like I ever fell into that way of thinking of like oh my god I have to show up um because so much of my own intention with starting my business was I I went to like very academically rigorous middle school and high school and I I, like I got really good I'm, I'm super super sensitive and like super open too um, which I'm constantly questioning, like, to what degree is that a trauma response and to what degree is that just my nature? And I do think it's, like, a balance of those two, but I don't know. Maybe it's not a balance. Maybe it's more one than the other. Um, but, yeah, I I spent so many years of my life, like, manipulating my life force to do with it what everyone outside of me was telling me I had to do to be successful and blah, blah, blah. And so when I started my business, it was so much, like, I, I took a moment to be with myself like we are not doing that anymore like if I'm gonna do this I'm doing it in a way that feels good mm-hmm. but I have worked with business coaches who have very definitely in like very masculine energy ways been like you need to build a platform you need to show up and there's that voice in my head that's like damn the people I see who have spent years of their life building a platform they can just show up and say, hey, I'm teaching this $100 class and they get 100 people to sign up and then in two hours of their life, they make like $10,000. Like, that's wild. And knowing that that possibility can exist, it's like, it's cool in a way. It's super cool. Especially, yeah, yeah like it, there's, there never was anything that existed like that before. But yeah, it's just, it's just, I think it, for me, it's required so much awareness of recognizing, like, when am I starting to tip into that way of being like, oh, I have to do this thing even though it doesn't feel good. And, like, what is that story? And it, I feel like it's been, it's been more minimal for me. But what happens is I'll have these periods where I'm kind of, like, outside of my business more, like, living my life. And there will be this voice of, like, should I be sharing? Should I be staying relevant? But it's not even like I want to share about like teaching anything. It's literally just pure relevancy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I totally feel that. That was like the biggest 
energy sucked for me and like I would probably say the biggest reason why I got off of it because it was that constant like well like I haven't like shown up yet today are people gonna forget about me I better think of something good to say or to share or whatever it is and if you don't show yeah. up for a while the algorithm will punish you when you do come back yeah which is so exactly. ridiculous yeah, it, it, it's annoying because, it, it, again, it's like fostering that connection or that, uh, not connection, that addiction to it, mm-hmm. that like need to, to show up, especially with business accounts because yeah. with business accounts, they only, I think for the average business account only get shown to like one to five percent of their followers, whereas personal accounts usually get like way more. Oh my God, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty messed up. I, I changed mean, I my account from a personal account to a business account, but I wonder if you can change it back. I think you can, yeah. And I've thought about that. I'm like, maybe I can just make a personal account. But I would notice when I was on my personal Instagram, I would have 600 followers or something like that. And I, my, if I would post a story, I would get like two to 300 views, like almost half of my my followers or like a third of my followers. Um, and then, which you know, are all people I mainly knew in real life. Um, but then when I would post on my, my business account, which had a thousand followers, my engagement would maybe go up to like a hundred views. Every what? Time. So, yeah or sometimes even less depending on the day so I can see that like right next to each other and I think what what you had said too earlier about how there are people who can't just like they've shown up every day for a while now they can sell a hundred dollar class and like sell to a hundred people and just make ten thousand dollars like that right off the bat I think there are a lot of people who can do that and that definitely is what really sucked me into it like I just looked so great and so easy but I also it's not easy though they put so much of their life into like making that a possibility yeah well exactly and I think too it it looks the reason why it looks like I mean and not to say Instagram is not a good marketing platform it can be but I think it's also very misleading because when you get on an Instagram account someone who's doing really well you can see their followers you can see like they have a hundred thousand all the numbers yeah whereas if you get on a really successful like blog or a podcast or something you really there's nothing to show you besides maybe there's like little numbers that say how many times it's been shared or how many like reviews it has you don't see like their their vanity metrics like right in your face like that you're just there for the content you get to decide on it and like what you think of it and it's not like a oh this person has a hundred thousand followers like they, they must be doing really well um, but like Instagram, that seems to just constantly be right in our faces. Yeah, that story of like, oh my God, because this person has so many followers, they must really know what they're talking about. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, that and like just, and like also the business owner seeing that and being like, oh, well, this person has 100,000 followers. So like maybe I could, you know, have a really booming platform on Instagram too. Like maybe it could work out for me too. And, and it can, it absolutely can. For some people it does, but uh, yeah, it's just, it's kind of, and then also that that element of like, oh, this person has a lot of authority because they have a lot of followers. It's like, well, like none of that is inherently true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How are they really building that platform? Like, what are they really sharing? Yeah. It's interesting too what you brought up about blogs and podcasts from the creator standpoint. It's it's so different. Like I I do really love that on Instagram I can create something and immediately get a response. However, occasionally mm-hmm. that response can be really overwhelming, uh, which can mm-hmm. be a, a con to it. But it's nice yeah. to like have your people, your community, be like, "Yo, this is what I thought about that. Like, thank you for sharing it." Whereas with writing emails to my email list or podcasting like 
you you put it out there and you get crickets maybe occasionally someone will reach out and be like "Ooh, i loved this point you made but by and large like no one says anything i will have people reach out and be like hey i listened to all of your podcast episodes and i want to buy a chart reading from you or something and that's really cool but it, it's super different to just like I, cre- I spent all my time creating this and then did anyone even consume it <laughs> yeah yeah it's like instagram has that element of immediate feedback so you get that immediate feedback because it's a social platform it really is yeah. like instagram and facebook they're made to be social and that's exactly how you know everyone's on it like you know look scrolling or you know going from thing to thing and it's just meant to be it's made so that people like and comment and engage and all that kind of stuff and yeah for me like I, i'm like yeah super aware of that because it's like when i do post and create more like intentional longer form content like which i haven't really started doing yet but i'm very aware that like it's going to be one of those things that in the long run i think it's going to be really great but mm-hmm. also like when you do like when you send out a blog post or a podcast first of all it takes time for people to to listen to it or to read it so you're not going to get that immediate feedback um over time you might i think that what is it I think the average blog post or, or Pinterest post, or maybe both, um, the they reach their peak after three months. So mm. they, they're relevant for a long time, but That's it also cool. takes a long time to reach their peak. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like on, on social media and Instagram, you do get that immediate feedback and that like, oh yeah, I guess it's good. People are reading it. That dopamine hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, really rewarding. Um, and yeah, and also like, oh, it's just nice to see that people are, are reading or people are watching. and. I loved that, but I also had that element of like when I did post something that I thought was really great and the algorithm was not on my side that day, it just felt soul crushing. Like I was yelling into the abyss and no one was there. <laughs> yeah, oh, I so feel you there. That can be really frustrating. Yeah, that I will say though for me, I think that's been part of like um, the medicine of it is like mm. just learning to be okay with that. And I mean, I think too, like so many people who I really admire on that platform Instagram like I'll go back through their posts and and like go to their profile and like read it so maybe someone's still gonna read it but two months later but yeah it's not really designed for that to be the case the way it sounds like Pinterest is yeah yeah and I'm glad you said that because what it comes down to I believe is just doing what's going to work best for your energy at you know your life in general and in that moment and your people are going to find you no matter what your people are going to find you whether it's through Instagram or whether it's through word of mouth or whether it's through Pinterest or podcast or blog like I mean people even I I always laugh at least my mom is a good example she's got a, a thriving accounting business she's never marketed a day in her life ever she like it's all word of mouth or yeah and it's a really tiny town too and it's like that's such a good example I always remember I'm like I think she's had multiple businesses and has never marketed before and I'm like that's that's amazing like you don't actually your people are going to find you no matter what if you're ready for that you can have the what you have the capacity for you're going to receive oh that is so true it's like when you're ready people like people feel it it doesn't even fucking matter what you're posting people just feel like oh Reagan Reagan like what's going on with Reagan and if they really want to find you they'll find you yeah and it's like it can be on Instagram but it can be anywhere else too it just and if you're on Instagram and you're having a really good time with it and it feels really good like that energy is going to come through and people are going to you are going to be that person that they stop on that you know your people are scrolling and then they they see your post and they're like oh yeah like this is like I want to read this and then they really resonate with it 
or if that you don't feel good on Instagram and you're, you're showing up out of um, obligation, like I have to be here, people feel that too. They may not consciously know what's going on, but that is not going to attract your people. And so if you need to get off Instagram and do a different platform or I don't know, they don't even do anything, take time off or whatever it is. Like if your people are meant to find you and work with you, they will in some way, shape or form, or you, or you're, you will find them. It's yeah. Just about not getting caught up in like what you think you should do. Yeah. And like you said, I really like what you said earlier about, you put it in really good words about how when you were in middle school and high school, it was all about like manipulating your life force energy to please the people around you. And I feel like that can really happen for, for me at least, and also a lot of other people on Instagram, it's like manipulating your life force energy to show up or, you know, whatever it is in business can be anything. So yeah, I like that. I like the way that you put that. Um, and so when it's, you're manipulating your life force energy, it's like, how are you, whatever platform you're on or not on, how are you showing up and how's that going to feel? And what are people going to receive from that versus when you're actually funneling your life force energy into a way that feels really good for you, it's going to be, you know, magnetizing for whatever it is either way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do I say what I want to say? Like what I see is when we're creating businesses and creating content, like it's, it's creating, right? And life force energy is here to create, whether it's to create life as in another yeah. human life or life yeah. as in a business life. And whatever energy you're creating something from, that's the energy that it's going to manifest from. So yeah. I think another really interesting piece of all of this is like, if I've observed this in the coaching world, like, and in my own experience in the coaching world, if I show up and I'm like, hi, I am here to help you with blank, your nervous system, your alignment, like those are two really big ones for me. Um, I'm going to be fucking tested in that. Like life is going to be like, oh yeah, you say that's what you're doing? Like, okay, how much can you be embodied in that? And so with that then comes like, can I structure my business in a way that also honors my mission? So for me, if I want to bring alignment and like groundedness to the world and help people activate their pure fucking magic, then I have to be running my life like that on a day-to-day -day basis. So I only post when I feels fun. Like if I feel even slightly like, oh, I'm manipulating my energy to do this for my ego, then I am going against my, my, the thing, the very thing that I want to spread in the world. So like, what's, mm -hmm. what's the point? No, exactly. If I could ever get to that point, I would probably, I might consider using Instagram again, at least as like a platform to like repurpose content from other places. Like maybe not like a primary yeah. platform itself, but that's exactly like that. If you can come from that place, it would feel so good. And I'm actually really glad that we're having this conversation to show that it's like not black or white. It's not like, oh, you have to, you know, be on Instagram showing up consistently every day and make it work because it's the future. I do hear a lot of people saying Instagram is the future and I have Oh, that's interesting because I hear a lot of people saying Instagram's dead and TikTok is where it's at now. Oh, that's, yeah, I guess social media in general. But yeah, it's like, it's like, there's a lot of like, you know, this is like the Instagram, TikTok, social media, whatever it is, it's like, 
that's the place to be for all my business. But then there's like other people who, which I tend to fall into this camp sometimes, but it's just cause that's like, I'm on the other end of the pendulum right now. It's just like, I know, like just delete it. Everyone's going to be moving off of it. I just don't want to be there. It's so detrimental and it's information overload and all this stuff. But like, really it is not as black or white as that. And it's just about like what works for you and what you're feeling in the moment and in that season of your life. Yeah, and like you've got all of that experimenter energy in you too. So I could totally yeah. see like like I feel like there's probably so much in your life that's like pendulum swing that way, pendulum swing this oh. way. Where is the middle between the two? Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. That's like me to a T. It's just like, well, okay, this isn't working. So I'm going to go all the way over here and see what that's about. And I'm going to come back and be like, okay, go back and forth, let's see. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny. And, and I get definitely get a high from it, like for lack of better words. It's like when I make a big change in my life, I'm just like, oh, this feels so good. This is so crazy. Like I, it's like when you move to a new place and it's oh, just new. And it's yeah, you are talking to the right person there. <laughs> I totally get that. Yeah. It's like a refresh. Yeah, and everything's like, you're more present. Everything's more alive almost. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I feel like deleting Instagram was definitely a big, big thing for me to do that. It was just like, oh, it's something new. Because even before business, I had a personal Instagram that I definitely spent a lot of time on, too, because it was just normal to, you know, always be on it scrolling. So mm. that it wasn't as Instagram. It was definitely. And I think we're the same age and we are close to the same age and we grew up. We would have we didn't have when we were young kids there was not the technology that there is today but from like teenage 13 years on, on yeah totally, yeah totally normal to oh yeah to it's like one of my biggest normal. coping mechanisms and has been for many many years yeah. i definitely oh, yeah. yeah i'm considering right now deleting my facebook that i've had since i was like 13 and i like know that when i do it it's going to feel <laughs> so good but there's like years and years and years of photos photos on there for my life that I'm like do I want to save them do I just say fuck it and I'm I I feel pretty close to saying like whatever I'm a different person now I don't need all of that anymore because that's a weird part about all of this too it's like yeah, there's two pieces left to this that I feel like I really want to dive into with you. The first one yeah. being the fact that, like, I don't feel like it's a normal, natural human thing to have such a connection to our past and, like, all of the people from our past. And, yes. like, that is not healthy. I really don't think that's healthy. To constantly be thinking, like, I want to say this thing, but this person from when I was 15 is gonna read it like yeah yeah that's a I think about that a lot and like the whole aspect of like being connected to you know a thousand people or two thousand people or however many people you have following you or you're following or whatever it is like I don't know if that's a normal human thing either like I don't think the nervous system can like the human nervous system can really take all that in but that's a good point like being it's like the people that you went to middle school with you're still following them they're still following you whereas you're never gonna see each other again you maybe weren't even friends when you were in middle school like why do you need to keep up on each other's life and there's like a an archive too because like you brought up a good point about like having the same facebook since you were 13 and having all those pictures there it's like it's nice to have it 
the archive itself and like the pictures memories itself are i think are really great but it's also like someone can just find you like i we could talk you know we met each other this year and like i could go on your facebook and be like oh it's 13 year old amanda doing not that i'm gonna do that but like it, it is kind of a funny thing it's like i could you know anyone could just go back and like see who you were oh you know, my god <laughs> okay that reminds yeah. me of a story i had this guy once who had a pretty big crush on me he friended me on facebook and then he came to me and he was like yeah i was like trying to get to know you better on your facebook so that i could like know what to talk to you about but all i know about now is what you were like when you were like 14 and i'm like oh my gosh no <laughs> but like that's not but, like i don't want people okay so you mentioned earlier how you went from having a personal Instagram to creating a business one and there was like point A to point B. I had a personal Instagram like from the point where Instagram was created pretty much. Mm -hmm. And around the time I was like 20 or 21, I got logged out of it. And my email mm -hmm. that was attached to it was from my high school. So the email no longer mm -hmm. existed. So I couldn't recover my password. And mm -hmm. so I was like forced into creating a new one. But it was this beautiful, it, it aligned perfectly with this time in my life where everything changed. Like, I had this whole awakening. I stopped talking to a fuck ton of people. I dropped out of school. I broke up with my boyfriend. Like, I became a whole new person. So it was, like, beautiful and perfect. But with Facebook, yeah. it's like, what? Like, I'm still connected to all of these people, and I'm such a different person now. And But all that to say, like, I just in the last month have had a couple of people reach out to me being like, oh my God, Amanda, I just found your Instagram. I haven't talked to you in like eight years. And I'm like, how did you find me? But my ideal clients aren't finding me. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. You're like, no, 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 no. That didn't happen the way I wanted it to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I made this Instagram story post the other day where I was talking about how like, if you really decide to go all in on something like every fear that you have before it before going all in on it is inevitably going to happen and oh, yeah. <laughs> like that's really been a theme for me the last four months like it's been like thing after thing of like oh my god i was like i knew this was going to happen at some point and it's all just been happening thank god it's been happening while doing all of this nervous system work but the like random ass people from my past life finding me is part of part of that and <laughs> it's pretty uncomfortable oh my goodness that's that's so funny because i've heard other people like other friends who are doing this work say the same thing like people from their past are like coming back and i'm like that hasn't happened to me yet and i'm really glad <laughs> this way oh my goodness but apparently that's a thing <laughs> you deleted your instagram right in time hopefully well, I have, so, I, yeah, I have a personal Instagram still. I have a personal Instagram oh, okay. and a personal Facebook. I just haven't been on it. So I'm deciding if I want to delete those or not, but I haven't been on them. I haven't been on my personal Instagram in a really long time, like probably almost a year. I used to get wow. on it to check to see if I have any messages, but now I'm like, if people want to get a hold of me, they're just going to have to find a more creative way to do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, right now. But yeah, I probably, I don't know, maybe I should get on and check it and see if there's anything waiting there and be like, I'm back, what are you doing? Yeah, but like, you're doing fine without knowing, so. 
we'll just leave it there in the unknown for now. My goal is to be off of it for the whole summer. So maybe at the end of summer, I'll go in and do a quick check and then decide if I want to delete my personal Instagram or not. But yeah, that's a really good point. When you take it, we're talking about it mainly from the business perspective, but there's a whole nother like wider perspective on social media when it comes to personal life. And I think it's probably an even bigger conversation. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned there were two things left I wanted to talk to you about. One being the fact that like we're leaving this like like really weird trail behind us and we're connected to so many people. The second thing is like the privacy factor. Cause that's something I've really I've really grappled with. Like also not to mention like the fact that these platforms are owned by people who like kind of control the world and can like <laughs> Yeah. subtly monitor what you're saying and like that that yeah. shit creeps me out that really creeps me out yeah oh totally <laughs> and like I'm glad that you went there because I was like I don't know if I should go here or not like I don't know how deep I want to go <laughs> but yeah it's it's creepy it's I mean even not just Instagram is being on your computer in general at all it just feels like it's all a breach of privacy um but yeah I didn't I don't like that whether you know no matter how deep you want to go like you know there's the perspective that these apps are created to keep us like basically we're created out of malicious intention or brought into malicious intention um or there's the perspective that like maybe they weren't but that's where they're at now and it's like the the developers or the whatever they're called like the people who, who do these things who create these apps um, who, who update them and who are doing the software for them or whatever um, are very aware that it is has a very detrimental effect on humanity um, and so whether whether either perspective it's like you can't I don't think well, maybe someone can but I don't think a lot of people are going to sit here and say that these people have um, very great intentions at this point um, and that just like yeah, it doesn't sit well with me because I'm like we we know we have the data, we have the the statistics, we have the, the stories. Like it's not, especially for teenagers, yeah. these apps that they've grown up with, it's horrifying. Like how much it has impacted them, and they really have no idea. It's the apps and it's the Snapchat and the the filters and the Instagram and constantly staying connected with people and whatever it is because they've always had it. So it's like they don't even know what life is like without it, and that horrifies me because I feel like we just barely missed that we could have been like I do remember a life before social media I remember like and even when I did get social media when I was I got Facebook when I was 12 but Facebook was much different back then than it is now it was so different it was a totally different platform there was none of the addictive tendencies it was just the thing you got on and put some pictures on and got off or whatever I don't even think the like button existed at that point now it's a totally different thing and it's pretty obvious that it i think the detrimental effects of it outweigh the benefits but yet we're still pushed to the benefits of it and like feel like we have to be on it and then my you know rebel side is like <laughs> nope i don't want it at all because of that like it's you know it's i don't like the intentions i don't like the energy of it like i'm just done like i just want to prove that you don't need it because they're telling me that i need it <laughs> yeah yeah I really wish there was some alternative. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I realized the I, other day that I'm connected to people on Instagram specifically in every single continent besides Antarctica. <laughs> and like, that's so cool, you know? Like I, yeah. that's so fucking cool. 
but it also comes at all of those negative expenses that you just mentioned. It does. Well, it's so funny you said that. I'm just laughing because I remember that I, I literally have a friend in Antarctica. So I'm like, yeah, oh. it's a good point. I connected to everyone on every continent. And that's the thing. They're so conflated. Like you have these great, you can stay connected with the people that you care to stay connected to and that you will see again, maybe in a couple of years or that even if you don't, you actually really care what they're doing. And it's really fun to be like, yeah, um, I like to keep up with you. Um, but then there's like all the, like, why can't we just have a platform that has the good without the bad? But I say that and I'm like, I don't know if there's anything in life that exists like that. Yeah. yeah um, but yeah, I, I've like had to really get into like the old school types of like connecting with people, like, you know, text them or call them, which texting is texting old school. <laughs> It kind of is nowadays when it's like you can just get on someone's Instagram story and see how they're doing and you're never going to need to text them and ask what they're doing or what they're up to because you can see it. And so now I'm like, well, I can't see it. So the people that I, you know, care to keep up with, I, I just got to like text them now and be like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, more effort. <laughs> more intentionality. Yeah. More like I am yeah. consciously using my precious life force energy to do this yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I wonder like how much like the benefits that we think are benefits, like, well, maybe, maybe they're not as much as, you know, we think they are. And actually a good book that I read about this, it's called Digital Minimalism. And I don't necessarily agree with every perspective in the book, um, but the concept of digital minimalism was pretty eye-opening for me. So it's by, what's the guy's name? Uh, Cal Newport. And he's mm -hmm. never had an Instagram before. Granted, he's a tech millionaire, never needed an Instagram, never needed social media. Um, but he like the concept is like you take an app or a platform or uh which i guess it's all an app on your phone and say like is this like what what value is this supporting and if it's not supporting any value that you have you just get rid of it because there's so many things that we have that are not supporting any of our values we just think we need to have them yeah. so then you know like, let's take instagram so you say well the value this has for me is that um it keeps me connected to the people that i care about or it um is a good business marketing platform or you know whatever the, the value is and then the next question you ask yourself is is this the best way mm. for me to support my value and then, so from like my perspective, when I'm talking about Instagram with business, I say, is this the best way for me to support this value? I'm like, no, actually, I think I would feel better on different platforms or like, you know, doing a blog or a podcast or Pinterest, right? You know, at least want to try those out. But let's say you do say like, yes, Instagram is the best way for me to support this value. And then the next question you ask yourself is, well, what... Um, what are the parameters that will best support me in this? Like. I'm not wording that right, but like, what are the, like basically standard operating procedures? Like how can this best support me? So instead of just having, you know, Instagram be a free for all, you can have more boundaries. I get on it at, you know, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and post my content and my story or whatever it is. And then I get off of it for the day or that you have more parameters around it because it's really hard to just have a free for all for a lot of these apps because they're so addicting. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. I actually remember listening to a podcast about digital minimalism way before I ever started my coaching business. So that's so funny. I like remember hearing about that idea from a totally different perspective. <laughs> but that idea of being very boundaried with Instagram is what I've had to do to make it 
to make it manageable for me at all. And then it's hilarious, of course, to watch myself overstep my own boundaries. Like, I will post <laughs> and then I'll, I'll like go on, respond to the DMs, make my post, and then delete the app and be like, we'll come back on in 24, 48 hours. But then I always end up finding myself logging onto the web version. Always. Yep. <laughs> yep. What do you what do you think of the web version as opposed to the mobile version? I find it slightly less yeah. addicting, but it's mm-hmm. still basically the same thing. I re I do you mean the web version on your phone or on your laptop or computer or both? Uh, it varies. If either one, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's that's a good point too. Is that that's a good way to. A better way to use it if you want to have better boundaries, which you know, maybe it's not really a better way if you're like trying not to get on on the app, but then you're like sneaking in, doing back. And yeah, gotta just but log out on the on the web version. Yeah, but it uh, the, yeah, it's right. You can just stay logged in forever on it. Um, it uh, it's less addicting if you get on it on the web version, especially on your laptop, because all the money funneled into and I learned this in digital minimalism, but like all the money that's funneled into making the um, apps addicting happens on the, the the mobile like the app version of it basically really so like, yeah okay not on the the fact version. that there's money funneled into making it addicting <laughs> like that is everything that's wrong with humanity why don't we funnel money into making things healthy for people <laughs> right right yeah it's uh it's, it's a big topic that's for sure it, like opens yeah. up so many other so many other doors but yeah I, and i I can't say this for sure because I haven't actually checked, but I'm pretty sure, you know how like Facebook in particular, even Instagram has like the, um, the button, I'm going to focus on Facebook right now, but like when you get on the app on your phone, the notification, the little button that says you have new notifications, it's always a bright red button because that gets your attention. You're like, oh, I got to check my notifications. Whereas if you get on the, the uh, web version on your computer, it's not a bright red button. It's just kind of there. Like the notifications are there. And I can't, oh, I'm pretty yeah. sure I need, to I need to double check that guy. I could just be making that up. But when I think about it, about seeing the mobile version or the web version of Facebook on my computer, I don't re- like recall seeing that, that bright red button. So yeah, it's like, it's all, it's the, the apps that are really designed to be addicting. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. Because that's what people are using the most. Like people aren't carrying their laptops around and like waiting at the doctor's office and like pulling up their laptop and being like, "Oh, what's going on right now?" People are just pulling out their phones. It's like everyone's little mini robot sidekick. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I'd like always have a book or a notebook with me for those moments that now it's the scrolling. Yeah, yeah, and that's a that's a really good point too. Like. That was a really big reason why I am taking time off Instagram right now because I wanted that time back. I, I, I was like, I used to have that time to just like sit and I don't know, read or write or literally just daydream and be bored and let the next thing come to me. And yeah, I noticed when I had Instagram, it was like never there because there was no empty moments because as soon as you have a moment of free time, it was just like, all right, what's going on? Like, I didn't even. And it just happens so subconsciously. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're scrolling Instagram and it's like, what? What, what, what happened? Yeah, totally, totally. I know. I've really considered unfollowing everyone. I've had, I kind of fluctuate between like allowing myself to follow around like 250 people to being like, mm-hmm. no, this is overwhelming. We're following less than 100 people. But 
if I get below the 100 mark, it's like, then I'm really considering like, do I want to unfollow friends? And that feels like confusing, you know? But, and like, honestly, potential clients too, and clients, like I like following them and just seeing what they're up to. But that's really yeah. weird too, because normally when you're having like a client practitioner relationship with someone, you're like, you know, in the past, I don't think you would have had that like window into their lives all the time. No, and that's true. That's a good, yeah, I never really thought about that. But yeah, and like when you look at the before coaching, well, I don't know if coaching's always kind of been a thing, but like you look at, let's look at therapy, for example, which coaching is not therapy, but like you kind of interact with people in a similar way. Like they have weekly mm-hmm. sessions with you or biweekly or whatever it is, but it's like, it would be kind of weird if like I had a therapist and like they were just like watching my Instagram all the time. I don't know, like I would feel kind of, I would feel interested weird about that but then it is kind of but honestly with a therapist like with coaches I hire people who it's like we would be friends if I knew you in real life like you're cool yeah 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 like I genuinely like when I you know I'm working with someone like I do like to keep up with them and like you know she's like oh what are they doing what are they up to like it's that's cool um but yeah I think when you're working with a few people at a time I think that's definitely like manageable but I'm just imagining like you had a bunch of clients and like didn't want to be on Instagram that much like you really couldn't keep up with everyone and yeah it'd be yeah. kind of overwhelming yeah I don't think it makes you a better coach if you're like keeping up That's with your true. clients yeah. versus if you're not so like That's whatever true. you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> well is there anything else you have to say about this very large topic about how <laughs> capitalism is it's interesting because like on one level it's like me and my relationship with this app that I use for marketing my business but then on another level it's like the way that capitalism is like literally monetizing our consciousness (laughs) (laughs) oh no it's like that's exactly it it's like this conversation you know we've had for the last hour it's an important conversation and it's a huge one that we can never cover like you know talk about it every day for the rest of our lives like it is just such a big ongoing conversation and there is really no right or wrong it's just what feels good to you and making sure that yeah like when you start like being aware of when you start to feel that like what you said capitalistic monetization of our consciousness Mm -hmm. starting to creep in and being like wait a minute like where am i giving up my sovereignty here like where whether and for you to get that back, whether that means you need to delete the app or just like be more mindful of it, like being able to, to have that option and, and be and feel free to do it. Because I know for a lot of people and, and me included, it was like, I can't make any changes. Like, this is just what I have to do. Like, I have to be on this app. I have to be doing this. I have to be showing up in this way. But none of that was true. There was online business before there was Instagram. And yeah, so it's really funny to see that. It's like, yeah, oh, it's funny that I believe that. Okay. <laughs> Well, I'm so glad that you decided to do what was best for you. And I'm glad that you've, like, now you can live to tell the tale of, like, it freed up (laughs) so much of my energy. And who knows what's going to happen for you in business next, too. Like, maybe all that energy you freed up is going to be able to pour into other things that end up, like, growing you in way other different ways. (laughs) That's true. Maybe we'll have to talk again, like in a year from now, and be like, okay, like what? How did this actually go? Because I'm still like at the beginning of it. So, like, mm. I don't. I wish I could get off and be like, yeah, like this was just the greatest thing I ever did, and my business blew up, and I did all these things. <laughs> the, the answer, like with a capital A. Yeah. 
that I feel like it's just the elusive answer. Um, but yeah, I think I'm still at the beginning and just like actually kind of recovering the last couple months have just been recovering from all of that. And then now moving into like the rebuild phase, I'm like, okay, well, how do I actually, and you start asking myself that question, how do I actually want to show up? Like, what do I actually want to do? What is my work actually, what does it actually stand on? And yeah, giving myself the time to do that. But I'm really excited because Instagram took up so much of my energy that I feel like I couldn't even really ask myself those questions. Mm. And I was going through a lot more than I cared to. And then I was even aware of. I felt, I definitely felt a little hijacked. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't feel as hijacked anymore. <laughs> that must be a beautiful feeling. <laughs> yeah, it did free. But it's also kind of scary because I'm like, well, I can't, like, it was a, it was a distraction too, to be like, well, I'm doing everything I should be doing. I'm showing up or I'm not sure, whatever it is. Like I had an external thing to blame if things didn't weren't working out the way I wanted to, right? The algorithm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, I don't have that anymore. So it's like now there's just more that I'm seeing mm. and, and working through, which is a good thing ultimately. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely yeah. uh <laughs> well, I can say I've met many people who have successful businesses that are based off of Instagram who now say, like, I kind of wish I hadn't built this here. So if you were already feeling such a, like, oh, my God, this is draining at this point, like, yeah, probably really good that from the beginning you're being honest with yourself about, like, all right, what are my other options? Yeah, I thought about that. I was like, I can't imagine if I built like a big platform and I had like, I don't know, 10, 20, 30,000 followers, it would be very hard to give up oh, yeah. because it would be such a big platform. And I know a lot of people who actually do have way bigger platforms than that, who, who do give them up and do just fine. But it just seems like on the outside, it feels like there's a lot more to lose. So it can be hard to, yeah, to make that change. So hard to it. It. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, like you put so much time and effort and energy into it. It's hard to even like I did on my little small Instagram platform. Like I, like I don't even want to know how many hours in the past two years I've been on it. I just don't. I don't need to know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I I spent maybe like like twenty twenty two. I've been more intentional about like I'm really gonna choose this and like see what happens. And my, I had like 250 followers at the time and it's grown, which is like, you know, part of me is like embarrassed to admit that, which is hilarious. But my business, my platform has grown to like 400 and of the, what, that would be 150 followers I've gained. When I go in and look at it, it's like, okay, maybe like five of you, I could potentially see myself actually working with. Most are scammer accounts. Oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> people are growing their, their platforms. I always remember that. I'm like, yeah, they might've just got 10,000 new followers in the last like month, but how many of those are actually like, they want, are going to be like connecting with them, you know? Yeah. So it's, and like what percentage of those people actually are on your email list and are actually engaging yeah. with your content and are actually even interested in what the fuck you're saying and not just your ass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. And, and this would be a good thing to leave it off on too. Like um, when I decided I showed up and I said, Hey, I'm going to, you know, delete my Instagram. If you want to keep up with me, um, you know, you can join my email list. So I put the link to my email list in my, my bio and I left it there for, you know, a couple of days and ultimately went back and, and, you know, deleted it. But I think I had, I had a thousand followers and I think I already had a few people on my email list, like not very many, like 25. 30 maybe um I think I only had five to ten people join when I said that and so for me it was confirmation that like 
I will, it was, it was, it was confirmation that like, okay, like this is just kind of, you know, all these people following, it's just a number. It doesn't actually, you're not like totally connected with all these people. You're not actually, not all of them are seeing your content and like wanting to um, talk to you more, connect with you more or learn more from you. But it was also really heartwarming too, to actually see the people, like the five to 10 people that did join my yeah. email list to be like, for people that actually really care to learn, you know, and like they feel really impacted by my content. And these are the people that I actually do want to connect with. And I know that if I do send emails, they're going to open them up and read them. And it makes me feel like my content is going to go towards a more um, engaged crowd, like a crowd that's going to be more impacted by it and not just like throwing it into the abyss and then hoping a few people catch it and be like, oh yeah, this was good. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I needed to hear, which is fine too. Like it's, you know, you're still going to, I think those people that joined my email list still would have, um, seen the content I put on Instagram, but it was more of a like shift for me to be like, oh, like it's, you know, kind of cool to see like the actual people who were, who were reading, who do care to keep up with my work and to realize like, and I also have that perspective too, that, um, at the beginning, like you might have five to 10 people who feel very impacted by it. And like, that is so important. And those people are so important. And you have to start with that. And one day it might be a hundred, 200, 300 people, thousands. I don't know. <laughs> But um, yeah, it's like, I wanna be able to create content for these people who care, whether it's five people or 500 people, instead of just trying to like grow my, my account and like have more eyes on my content yeah. or more followers. When I think that really shouldn't be the, for a business perspective, like unless you're an influencer, it might be different. But from a business perspective, like the eyes on your content don't really matter. So, you know, there is an aspect of like, well, the more eyes better on it, like the more, you know, clients or customers you might find from that which could be true but also it isn't like there are people like who have 100 200 300 followers on instagram and have really thriving businesses through instagram so it's like is it really true that you need more numbers yeah totally 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 i'm really glad you brought that up i really feel like we are so programmed to think about it being this linear thing and the numbers really add into that and you know, it's just how we perceive the world working and business is such a big part of the world. But I, I don't know how to explain it, but I feel like when the services you're providing people are like genuinely attached to like your purpose, your life purpose, it becomes so much more of like a spiritual energetic thing. Kind yeah, of like we yeah. mentioned before, like people just feel like, oh, Reagan has space in her life right now. Like, I wonder what she's up to. I wonder what she's offering. Like, I don't know. That's yeah. totally been my experience with it. Um, and I'm excited to see how that evolves for both of us. Yeah, yeah this was a good conversation. I'm really, I'm honored that you invited me to yes. talk about it. I'm really glad you decided to come. Thank you for sharing everything with us. And yeah, I got a lot of juices flowing for me too. So I really appreciate that. Um, of course, not provoking. For, yeah, for me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Because it's something we're both kind of like workshopping and trying to trying to figure out. Yeah. And I think too, something I want to like say before this wraps up is like we're yeah. we're only like a little bit over halfway done with this intense trauma training program that we're in. So we're going through this yeah. whole period of like learning all these new skills and like okay, how do I implement this in with the work I was already doing with people and. Yeah. Like, what kind of practitioner am I going to be on the other side of this? Yeah. Oh, totally. It's been a total, like, rebirth. And 
or you know in the in the midst of a rebirth at least they have definitely not rebirthed yet but <laughs> it's, it's been a lot of like needing that time and space to be like okay like my whole concept of this work has been shaken up in a good way but how is this what is this going to mean for me moving forward and how do I want like we can't do it the same way that we used to do it it was you know it was just you know for the better I think but it's yeah totally different and we have to have that that time and that space to be like all right like what how does this actually work with me right now what do I actually want to do how do I actually want to hold space for people in what capacity and like in what from what angle yeah. yeah it's definitely a lot of a lot of big questions and you're right like we still have I keep telling myself we're almost at the end of it but we're really not we still have over yeah two and a half months left quite a bit <laughs> yeah yeah totally yeah. well where can people find you Reagan <laughs> well not on Instagram right now <laughs> Um, I am building a website, um, and that's going to be a good launching point. I also, I don't have it yet, but I do have my domain name, and that is rootedwithreagan.com. Oh, I love it. So I'm hoping, yeah, thank you, I'm for a business name. I'm hoping that will be live in about a week or two. Oh I'm my gosh, cool. This won't yeah. air for a couple weeks, so you and I can, like, uh, message, and I'll put it in the description if you'd like for me to, and we can figure that, that out. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, that, I'll have I'll, I'll be I'll be blogging. I'm really interested in blogging. I love to write, so my goal is to be you know doing weekly or biweekly um, blogs. So I still get my creative outlet kind of like on Instagram, and I get to share my message. Um, but yeah, it'll just be on on a blog, not Instagram. <laughs> awesome. Well, I can't wait to read your blogs and to just watch you like continue experimenting and see how it all unfolds. Yeah. Thank you so much, and thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I had a lot of fun today talk about awesome well thank you for being here and yeah if anyone wants to reach out to reagan you can find her website Alrighty, folks well thank you so much for joining me here today for this episode i really hope that you've enjoyed it and that you're leaving feeling just a little bit more connected to your own inner magic in some way so please please if you are open to supporting the show the best way that you can do that is by leaving a rating and a review on spotify or apple and also sharing the podcast with your community, with anyone who you think might benefit from it in some way. If you'd like to stay up to date with what's going on over in my world, pop on over to my Instagram at amandalee.flow and subscribe to my newsletter as well. The links for both are in the show notes. I'm looking forward to connecting with you. Please reach out. Let me know what you took away from the episode. All right. Talk to you soon and see you in the next episode.